This is Asia's Farm to Fork Five Good Questions podcast, bringing you insights and views from across Asia's food value chain. Now for today's interview. Hi again, everybody. This is Duke Hip, host of Asia's Farm to Fork Five Good Questions podcast. And we're very excited today to have a, a really a leader from the industry, by food and ag industry, right here in Asia Pacific, Mr. Jens Hartman, head of commercial operations, Asia Pacific at Bayer Crop Science. Hi, Jens. Duke, good evening. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. Excellent. Excellent. In the spirit of the five good questions, if it's okay, we'll, we'll jump right in and, and have a discussion. Well, um, uh, for those not aware, today is a, is a unique day. It's International Day for Bio, Biological Diversity. And uh, may or may not know this, but uh, this actually originally was um, uh, launched in 1993 by the United Nations and with very good intentions. The plan was then to really raise awareness around biodiversity issues that are affecting the world around us. And all those many years later, uh, to fast forward, I'm, I'm sad to say that those issues, many of those issues really haven't gone away and many have actually gotten worse. Just recently, uh, the United Nations has, has announced that I think 80% of the targets of eight SDGs um, are going to be undermined if we don't turn things around with respect to, to the with respect to a lot of the uh, biodiversity and ecosystem uh, damage that's being done. So there's a lot of work to be done. It certainly that continues. So the theme for this year is we're part of the solution. And I know, Jens, I know you and your team at uh, Bear Crop Science here in Asia Pacific take this issue very seriously and also take a lot of uh, great pride, really, in, in the work that uh, Bayer is leading on this front. Maybe you could share a little bit about that work. Um, yes, of course. It was a pleasure, Duke. And um, first of all, thank you very much for, for having me here and um, having us giving our, our thoughts to, to this topic, which is really, really, as you said, super, super important. And, and before, before I really go into what, um, what we do in that area, just to, to re-emphasize what you were saying, biodiversity um, is, is really under threat, no? <clears throat> because we have, at the end of the day, I think roughly more than a million species which are actually under facing, facing extinction as a result of what we do, as a result of, of human activity. So it, it's super, super important that, that we raise this point. And of course, if we if we really look at what we do um, in terms of agriculture, um, the key key um, driver for loss of biodiversity um, through through ag is really in the area of of land use changes. No, it's in the area of of climate change, crop management practices, and and pollution. Those are really the key key um, key drivers in in agriculture impacting biodiversity. Um, so. On the other hand side, if you really see what we do in terms of act fully relies on biodiversity, if we want to drive up up yields, if we want to increase food production, we need to have biodiversity in act. And um, actually, um, many, many species um, across across very important, very important ecosystems um, like healthy soils, like pollination, like pest control. And, and they are really super, super essential for food feed and for the overall fiber production and maintaining this really diverse range of, of species allow us in agriculture really to, to be more resilient to stresses, as I said, to drive yield increases, um, to drive production and including, of course, those which are caused by, by climatic change. 
Now, coming back to, to um, Duke, what you asked before, what are we really doing as Bayer? How do we address the topic of biodiversity in, in ag through, through our, our solutions, through our activities, and, and also through our thought leadership? Um, different, different points. Um, of course, first and foremost, really looking at the whole point of how do we develop innovative, sustainable solutions in the area of crop protection uh, in the area of seeds, in the area of overarching the, the integrated crop solutions. Now we support farmers, we support landowners, and, and we really try to overarchingly through our efforts in, in, um, in research and in development and us being the, the market leader, also spending the highest amount of money in, in R&D overall is to advance the science overall by asking ourselves all the time, how can we really, on the one hand side, achieve our, our food production goals, increase um, productivity, on the other hand side, really protect, protect um, biodiversity in its entirety to really help, help um, protecting forest, help um, having a sustainable vegetation management, and at the same time also really mitigate the threat of, of climate change. So that's really what we, we try to do as Bayer Crop Science, really acknowledging that um, biodiversity is on the one hand side under threat and on the other hand side as well, as I said before, really um, ag being a key key impact on, on biodiversity overall through, through what we do day in and day out in agriculture. Understood. Well, a very, very thoughtful answer. And I, I think um, it leads me to another question I have for you, which is sort of a follow-up to that. You know, one of the one of the talk about agriculture being one of the one of the players that's impacting um, biodiversity. One one area I know that traditional agriculture gets gets a lot of scrutiny on is on around water. You know, and tr certainly with traditional agriculture, water use and understandably so. I think the figure is something like seventy percent of all the world's water is going to agriculture, which is um, which is a staggering figure. So, but I know that's not also not the full story. Um, there's a, there's also some good things that are happening with respect to, as I mentioned, the modernization of agriculture with new technologies and, and certainly with plant science innovations among among that. Uh, that group that are helping to drive greater water efficiency with food production. And actually, as we said before, it's sort of being part of the solution, I guess, tying into the, the theme for this year uh, with the bi biological diversity. So anything you can share on that front with water use and agriculture and some things that are happening? Of course, Duke, and 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 you are, you are absolutely right. Um, look, Ag, we are super, super water intensive. And, and we are actually, um, and I was astonished myself, um, agriculture is responsible it's for 70% of freshwater use overall. And to put this a little bit into context, to grow the food of a family of four, it takes about 20,000 liters of water. And you, you just need to do the math here to realize that, um, that this is heading into a problematic area because on the one hand side, we need to, we need to increase um, productivity. We need to increase the production of food. On the other hand side, we have, we have this, this topic on, on um, what, what agriculture does to, to overall, overall water use. And, and to look at it from another area too, 71% um, of the, the earth's surface is covered with water. So one could say, well, that, that looks kind of, Okay, but then if you really drill deeper, only two and a half percent of that is freshwater. You know, so so we, we need to really address this topic because because the maths don't don't work out over here. If you look at um, how much water is available, 
how much ag is actually utilizing and and how much ag would be actually need to utilize even more going forward to address all the challenges we have on on um, uh, with regard to to food production and in, in, in increasing agriculture. So um, technology really plays an overarching um, role over here to to address this. And if you look at crop science uh, sustainability mission along different lines, be it on the one hand side subscribing to the to the SDG goals, uh, which you mentioned before, Duke. On the other hand side, also our our endeavor to support smallholders. There are opportunities to to address this. Now, um, you can you can look at, at breeding techniques. You can look at choice of crops where you purposefully look at less water using um, seeds or, or crops when it comes to choices. You can use digital tools, which um, gives you um, better advices in, in order what to do in the season. Um, how to grow your crop and how to maximize your water, how to minimize your water consumption, how to maximize your efficiency. And last but not least, um, when we talk about ecosystems, when we talk about partnerships, of course, we have the opportunity as well to cooperate much more with value chain players and, and, and have irrigation companies or companies dealing in the area of, of water much more associated with, with us traditionally being more active in the area of, of crop protection and seeds. So many, many opportunities in that area. And again, similar to the topic I, I mentioned before on biodiversity overall, um, we need to work on this um, as, as agriculture because um, it is super, super um, water intensive. The resources are limited and, and, and we want to use more going forward. So we actually need to grow more with, with less. That's, that's what it's um, boiling down to at the end, Duke. Understood completely. Pivoting a little bit before this conversation we're having now, we were talking a little bit about COVID nineteen, the, mm. the pandemic, and uh, we're, you and I are both sitting here in Southeast Asia. We're going through another tough, a tough run right now, and I guess it was about a year ago this time that the pandemic really did take root, you know, here in Asia. And it wasn't that long ago. Think back on some of the really heartbreaking stories that were taking place. Farmers were having to dump fresh fruits and vegetables on the side of the road, unable to uh, to make the you know, getting to market, and there's so many, so many gaps in the in the food value chain that were really exacerbated and came to light during that that really tough run at the beginning and not that long ago. And so, I just uh, wanted to tie that into something else that's happening later this year. The UN is having the 2021 Food System Summit, and uh, it's becoming a, a topic that we're hearing more and more about. There are independent dialogues that are happening every day now, and a lot of uh, a lot of momentum going into that big uh, that big forum coming up later this year. If you had an opportunity to have a few minutes with some of the folks making that decision, the summit later this year, I wonder what would you say as far as maybe some of the must-haves. Having again just come through the pandemic, we're we're seeing a lot of the, the really the fragile nature of the the food system here in, in Asia. Um, good good point, um, Duke. And I think um, it was a little bit. Um, if you refer to last year, it was a little bit a wake-up call for us all. And um, I'm actually afraid that that we are right now potentially going into into the second second year of of, of similar kind of challenges we have. Um, and and it, it's just so super important that across the board we sit together and and really try to address address those those points together because last year really showed us where where um, the fragility is, so to say, in the overarching um, food food resilience area and what needs to be done. And, and if I would need to really have to pinpoint what, what are the key key areas, it's for me very clear around the connectivity across borders, um, 
obviously in, in such a situation, um, each and every country has got first and foremost objectives, priorities to to um, look after after their own country, to look after after their own people. But especially with ag being so interconnected um, in terms of inputs, in terms of supply chain, in terms of in terms of food um, um, exports, I think um, the the connectivity across borders is it's super super important and needs to be ensured. Secondly, um, and I talked about this in the area of biodiversity and water before, it's the need for innovation. Um, we really need to make sure that we keep on focusing on how can we modernize agriculture, how can we make our food system more resilient through, through innovative approaches. And last but not least, I think everything um, um, it, it taught us completely last year that we need to be fast and, and we need to be um, we need to be impactful. So the whole area of, of speed and scale, I think, is, is, is really something that's taught us last year. And that's not necessarily only related to agriculture. I think that's related to, to all the different areas we, we needed to look at um, in order to address the COVID challenges. Is, um, we need to think holistically. We need to think along um, across traditional um, borders or, or areas. And, and we just need to be fast and scale up fast. Otherwise, and especially, as I said, on the, on the food system and resilience point of view, we're going to lose out um, big time. So, so if I really, um, as a second point, look at it as us as an ag industry, yeah, and looking at at us and and our like-minded um, players in, in in agriculture, it's really really um, all about working together to to uh, use our scale for good. I talked earlier on about the the scalability and the impact piece. It's us needing to get um, the, the backing from from all stakeholders on and on, on on science and innovation, the trust in us that we are advancing um, purposefully um, and and doing our bit to address the the area of of food resilience. It is um, the plea to to all of us in the ag industry to to be um, serious about sustainability and and really drive our sustainability commitments. Which we all make and in different parts and different areas of, of agriculture. And, and last but not least, together with the stakeholders, um, um, pursue multilateral uh, engagements, um, starting with us as, as CropLife Asia, as, as partners, but then of course going even further. I mentioned before with players in the ecosystems, um, in, in the value chain, but then even looking at private public partnerships and see how can we how can we jointly address this? Because as I said, we, we all learned our lessons last year. And um, I'm, I'm afraid that um, the way it looks right now, looking at Southeast Asia, looking at, at um, South Asia, um, we are getting into the major, major agriculture season right now in the main, into the main productive season. And, and we need to act fast. Otherwise, otherwise, we will face challenges again, Duke. That's it's, it's very true. It's a little bit scary to think about, but you're right. We're, we're entering that that time now. So the common thread through all of that is the farmer, you, you, which you just you just alluded to there at the end uh, in particular. And in Asia, it's such a unique story. You've got, uh, I think it says 85 percent of the world's smallholders are right here in Asia and all the unique challenges that go with that. So many um, challenges, as I said, that go with the landholder rights issues, access to finance availability of, of technology, quality inputs, um, a host of, of challenges that they face. If you think about that uh, and you can give some give some thought to what um, what they're facing every day, are there some things that we should be doing better as far as the stakeholders working together in Asia Pacific to to really support those smallholders in a, uh, a more impactful way, you would suggest? 
Um, yeah, and, and perhaps I start with um, I start with an example from from our company actually what what we did last year when when um, more or less around this time a bit bit earlier um, the the pandemic started to to hit ag uh, we really asked ourselves what are the key the critical areas now where do we need to act as the leading ag, ag company in in um, in here in, here in Asia Pacific and and we said well look. What are the key challenges the farmer is facing right now in, in that situation? It was all about access to seed. It was about access to uh, to crop protection um, product. It was was um, get, getting access to information on on how under these very difficult circumstances to to still do um, what what their their livelihood is all about, meaning growing um, growing crops and 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 producing food. So we were very very active in terms of care packages which we distributed across. Um, India and, and Southeast Asia in the key crops. Um, we, we were active in Africa and also in Latin America to really, really um, give them, so to say, the the initial um, startup kit to make sure that there isn't going to be any break in the um, food system, so to say. We, we um, contributed something like two million of those those um, those um, kits to to smallholders and and um, that really helped them to get through the initial shock of of COVID and the respective challenges they were facing. Um, now looking at at the lessons learned there and how can we take that forward? It's it's really as I said before, it's about the the multi partnership um, um, agreements the the. Um, the working together uh, along the, the values chains. We need to work with with governance, uh, governments. We need to work with with NGO. We need to work uh, work with local organisations really to to jointly address this challenge and make sure that that um, those smallholders who produce the majority of food actually globally are the ones who are not left behind and are, are able to um, to grow their crops and produce food. And and I'm I'm personally super proud and and also. Also very pleased to to uh, to recommit um, or reconfirm our commitment. We have we have as one of our three sustainability goals for for crop science until uh, 2030 communicated broadly that we want to empower 100 million smallholders by 2030 through what I talked before innovative solutions through through advisory through um, through digital and and specifically in in times right now such as in COVID um, it's the opportunity really to to build bridges and 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 show what we can really do as as organizations, as an industry to to address those challenges. So that's really Duke how how I would look at it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think you touched on so many of the parts that are that are so critical. Uh, so the enabling farmers, making sure they have what they need to uh, to to grow the food that we depend on. It's it's not a yeah. uh, an easy job. And we've come to the uh, near the end here. We've we come to the final, the fifth and final question. And with this one, we usually line up a little bit because by this point, we've talked about a lot of challenges, a lot of a lot of the um, circumstances that are very um, challenging and, and difficult for for our region. But but uh, to kind of pivot a little bit and think about um, the reality is, is, of course, there are also many just as many opportunities and good things that are happening and some and some indications that that. Uh, that are positive. So in that spirit, uh, if you would mind looking ahead a little bit, we could say maybe 10 or so years and you into the future, if you're looking in the crystal ball, is there something you would say uh, that you can you would predict or not predict, say, we're going to get pretty close to something that's, uh, that's going to be a big step forward for Asia and food, food and ag, you might uh, think will be realized by then. Yeah. If you, if, if you ask me crystal ball, 
and I, I would actually say it's not not really a crystal ball required for this. I I would really say that um, the key to future of farming in Asia Pacific, and actually not in Asia Pacific only across the world, is going to be digital. Mm. Uh, because um, because um, digital is really at I would say at the sweet spot of on the one hand side. Um, um, having your your innovative solutions, um, and I talked about crop protection and 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 seeds before. Um, on the on the other hand side, you have the whole the whole area of of data, giving your giving you more the the um, guided decisions, so to say, how how to do how to do um, agriculture. And last but not least, it really provides you with the opportunity to address the the challenge of of reach. And scalability um, of of how do we manage to to get to to the smallholder farmers to as many as we can where we all as as organizations in the past realized that um, there is a challenge of of scalability and that uh, we are just not able to to have a broad impact due to the nature of the fragmentation and the um, our our limitation to 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 broaden our organization as as much as we wanted to so so really um. For me, for me, the the game changer in ag um, across the geography over here in Asia Pacific is digital addressing addressing the challenges. Uh, on the other hand, side also providing fantastic new um, opportunities for a, a changing farming um, community. You you um, we are all aware of of the the um, the, the aging farming farming dynamics and the challenge of us needing to um, also make farming. More attractive and and more more um, yeah interesting for a completely different different um, generation um, being interested in going to farming and um, yeah and and as I said before that's that's for me the, the the super super enabler so to say to address everything what we talked about before we talked about the challenges of biodiversity in biodiversity we talked about the challenges in water consumption we talked about the challenges um, during during situations such as we have in COVID right now. Um, and, and digital will will um, will be a key enabler to address those. And and us as a company, we have um, over the last um, year year and a half made substantial progress also with regard to to our strategic agenda in that area. Uh, we formed a digital incubator. Um, we are looking at at testing um, innovative new new um, digital capabilities to address really the. The key key pain points of of smallholder farmers. We look at at unique cooperations with with players along the value chain um, who have like-minded objectives in addressing smallholder needs. So I I really think that digital is going to be the answer, and I'm also very very confident that that um, key companies being active in the field, being being active in in innovation, being serious about um, the, the the sustainability. Um, are going to drive this agenda forward very strongly. Well, thank you for that. And uh, you, by the way, you're not alone. I, uh, as you were talking about that, I'm just remembering we've hearing we're hearing so much more about digital, the role of digital uh, technology in agriculture coming up in the the Food Systems Summit. These mini dialogues are taking place. It keeps coming up again and again, and there's no question. There's exactly. momentum. Yeah, it's a huge, huge role that will be played uh, in exactly. the near future. Yeah. Well, Jens, thank you very much for doing this again. And uh, you're officially off the five good questions hot seat. You've made it. And we thank you again for your time today. Thank you very much, Duke. Thank you all the very best. Thanks for tuning in. 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, and subscribe. We look forward to bringing you another five good questions interview.